you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lem. The many factors that determine our integrity and our measure of integrity. But how can we as individuals control how we express our own individual integrity? We of course have to determine what elements from the external uh, reality construct that we want to bring into our own perception of integrity but then it's a matter of unveiling our own authenticity that will then form the platform for our uh, integral uh, expression as it were. But as always, we'll first have to break down all the elements of integrity down to the uh, most basic of elements and that way we can then start building up how we approach controlling our expression of integrity and how do we come from that pure uh, organismic self authenticity to be able to really express our pure integral values. So let's dive right into it. I cannot and will not cut my conscience to fit this year's fashion. And this comes from a playwright Lillian Hellman. And I'll repeat that because there's uh, it is something that we, we tend to do as humans when we come from our backgrounds. Is So she's talking here about uh, obviously referring to or using the fashion industry as a, as a metaphor for uh, integrity that I cannot and I will not cut my conscience to fit this year's fashion. Um, and we define integrity as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, or uh, oftentimes when we're talking about, uh, you know, containers or countries or borders or whatever, the state of being whole and undivided. Um, I think the second uh, definition there really applies to human beings as well, that, you know, when we are, and I go into uh, my my kind of, uh, my motivation for that a little bit later, but, you know, when we are whole and undivided, then we are fully within our integrity. Uh, so, and the the first definition there, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, that leaves room for definitions and uh, rooms for individualism as to or individual perspective on what integrity is. So, when I look at integrity and kind of what shapes our perspective of it because it is an individual process um so we are looking at you know society religion the community you come from but ultimately we are determining our integrity by our own uh our own self so what do i feel is right but that feeling can then be based on the society, religion, and community. Uh, in order to fit into my community or my society, I need to act with uh, within the boundaries of integrity that is set by that what uh, that collective, whatever that may be, and that could be 
you know, you belong to a club locally, or it could be the country or the county or the state, if, whatever it may be, or the uh, religion, obviously, that you belong to. Then, of course, in society, we have laws that state a certain, certain, um, st- certain things that we are allowed to do and not allowed to do, and that then be- forms part of our perception of integrity. And when we, so I I love Carlo Rogers. Uh, he's a psychotherapist who was active in the middle of last century, uh, and he's done some wonderful work. And he's uh, really someone I look up to when I do my uh, my own work. So he's he's kind of the the father of person centered uh, therapy, uh, and he talks about that we have kind of the 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 idea of self we have a self-image uh and then we have uh or the self-image is kind of where we are at the moment and then we have the ideal self-image but we also have the organismic self uh which is an aspect of ourselves that we might not be aware of but it is where we started off from uh and that organismic self is the authentic you. So if you strip strip off all the layers of conditioning from your upbringing, your society, your religion, all of that, what you're left with is the organismic self. And the idea is that we always strive to come back into alignment with that authentic aspect of ourselves, uh, whether we, we're aware of it or not. Uh, we're always striving to come back to that. Uh, so when we have our self-image, is it is the way we see ourselves as we are right now. And then we have the ideal self where, where we would like to be. Uh, now, if we can bring the organismic self and the ideal self into alignment, that means that we have a very good idea or we are in, uh, in perfect alignment with our organismic or we have an idea of our organismic self and we can then strive towards that um and i think we have had a conversation a while ago about uh, authenticity and we know that authenticity is flexible it's uh, organic it's it shifts why i think is my authentic self today is going to be different tomorrow and day after that because i learn new things about myself and then of course when i'm I'm aware of myself and I'm able to reflect on my own experiences that then shifts all the more often uh, because I discover new things all the time and I seek to discover new things all the time. So uh, what we want to do in terms of discovering our true integrity is to bring our ideal self, the aspect that we want to be, into alignment with our organismic self, and then bring congruency between a self-image and our ideal self, so i.e. our organismic self. So once we have that congruency, we are in perfect uh, harmony with uh, ourselves. We have then, as the Maslow's uh, uh, hierarchy of needs, uh, we've then reached uh, self-actualization or as we also refer to as enlightenment. Uh, not all of us are, uh, well, most of us are not there yet, me included. Uh, so it is a journey of discovery. So 
my integrity, you know, 10 years ago is or the, the framework for my integrity 10 years ago is very different from it, what it is today. Um, and so oftentimes when we kind of wake up to new aspects of our integrity, we then look back on how we used to be, and sometimes that can be upsetting. Um, but I think it's important to have a level of acceptance for ourselves to understand that it's okay whatever we experienced. So I want to start off with a, a, a bit of a thought challenge. Uh, because if we look at any society in the world today, there is this contradiction if we take uh, in terms of uh, killing another human being, right? So when we are looking at uh, murder, for example, one person killing another person uh, is outside the boundaries of uh, the in, in society, societal integrity in, I would say, all countries in the world. Um, but then the society in itself can then justify certain uh, situations where killing is okay. So there, there is this imbalance in terms of what the integral uh, boundaries are for society or religion or community, whatever it may be. So to yourself, look at what within you, you say that's not okay, but in these cases it would be what what is serving the higher good in terms of different situations um, and that thought process and that thought challenge can help us to discover new aspects of ourselves and you know it's perfectly fine if we say well we have those uh, uh, kind of contradictions within ourselves uh, because we're still learning about ourselves and we're still moving towards uh, you know integrity as it's going to look tomorrow or day after that uh, but having the kind of challenging ourselves and questioning our motives for our integral uh, integrity boundaries uh, is really helpful and uh, uh, it's a uh, nothing else it's a it's an exciting and fun uh, thought process um so when we are looking at, so if you take the organismic self, would the organismic self within you consider uh, any aspect of killing, whether it might be animals or people, or whatever, killing a sentient being, is there any time that that would be okay? And I'm not talking about you looking at your boundaries as they are today. I'm asking if you go back and look at the authentic you that is the you strip away all the the bound or the the layers uh, of conditioning would that be okay and there, I'm not looking for an answer in this in this uh, forum here I just want to challenge challenge you with that uh, thought process um, so when we are looking at my own integrity versus someone else's integrity. How do we deal with other people being different in their integral 
perspective. So I always look at my own experiences from the perspective of compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. So looking at other people's integrity, it's having empathy for their experiences. So because our integrity or the boundaries of our integrity is really based on our own experiences and our own upbringing and so forth, if I can have empathy for their position and where they come from, then I I can have acceptance for their journey and whatever their uh, integrity is. Uh, so this is where you know someone who's working with uh, murderers and so forth in the prison system. Uh, this is kind of the the process that I, I imagine they would have to go through in order to be able to uh, have uh, empathy and compassion for these people that have committed, you know, atrocious crimes and so forth, and just have that acceptance for, you know, their having their experience, um, and it being able to, I suppose, forgiveness in a way that we look at partly our own experience or their experience and whatever they've kind of committed or what their integrity is versus uh, forgiving myself or having judgment towards others uh, that have other ideas of integrity, right? Um, so it is... It is challenging once we start to go outside ourselves. And it, it, it is one, one of these situations where we can end up very much in a spiritual bypass situation where we can say, well, this is my integrity and my integrity is better than anybody's anybody else's because I hold myself to such a high standard and why can't other people do this and so forth? Um, then, of course, we go into... Uh, state of heavy judgment um, and this is where oftentimes we then uh, find that the, there is a division happening and the more judgment we go into the more division comes uh, comes into it right and uh, you know it's it's part of the journey to experience the contrasts of life uh, so Having experiencing that uh, judgment might be very important for your journey. I know it's certainly been for mine. Um, if I didn't experience judgment, I wouldn't be able to experience non-judgment. I wouldn't know, be able to know the difference, right? Uh, and I think that's very important in that process. So, you know, how far away from my integrity is too far and coming from the perspective of compassion acceptance forgiveness there's really no distance that is too far because it and it, yeah i mean you can anybody can argue that you know someone who kills someone else or you know is uh, you know, causing mayhem in society and so forth, uh, that is too far. Um, 
But where do we draw the boundaries? Where do we draw the limit to say too far is too far? Um, certainly not one I've been able to master yet or to come to uh, an understanding of yet. Um, so anybody who can give me guidance on that, that would be uh, fantastic. So as with everything, I always try to simplify it and say, well, if I am to exercise compassion, forgiveness, uh, acceptance and forgiveness, I should be able to do that towards anybody. I don't have to accept and have compassion for the, uh, the, the, the kind of actions that they take that I don't agree with, but it's the compassion and acceptance for their organismic self that is experiencing what they're experiencing. Uh, because clearly, in order to have ended up with the in that level of the, the integrity they have, that is so different from mine, they must have experienced something quite uh, quite dramatic in their upbringing, in their conditioning, to have ended up in their uh, going back to Carl Rogers here, in their self-image that is so far removed from their organismic self. Hi. Um, yeah, thank you so much for bringing this topic up. It, it reminds me of like um, what happened like, oh, in 1996, um, 27 years ago with my auntie. Mm -hmm. Um basically there was this guy who who uh, had just filled up at the gas station and then um he he'd come speeding down like on a 30 miles per hour road and he was coming down like at least 70 miles per hour in like a sports car mm -hmm. and my auntie was crossing the road and um yeah unfortunately she passed away oh. um leaving five children um under the age of 14 but um yeah i remember at the time when my granddad was um i remember when he was like oh um like when obviously the police were involved etc sure. and yeah my granddad was like when it came to like um speaking about like um <sighs> about jail and stuff like that my granddad was like no let him off and i was like what like what what do you mean let him off do you know what i mean at the time people couldn't really understand mm -hmm. but i think my granddad um and it was like oh maybe granddad's just in so much shock right so he's kind of like oh just let it go kind of thing and just accept what's happened because obviously we can't bring auntie back which is obviously understandable yeah um but my, for my granddad at that time to to um just be so um accepting, it was just like wow, like okay. And I think <laughs> all these like two decades on, I kind of always think back on it and I think, do you know what that guy? Because I've come across lots of stories online where people have actually been behind the wheel, and people have passed away, you know. Uh, uh, for example, when they were speeding or some, or they got distracted or something happened, 
and I, I read stories about people where they were there were so much in their head uh, on the back of this that they were suffering. They were suffering on a daily basis at the consequences of what had happened. So when my granddad said that he's going to he's going to be suffering as it is, do you know? So just let him off because it's going to be too much suffering for him. And I think after reading all these stories online, yeah, these people have actually suffered on a daily basis on the back of this, even though, you know. So, yeah, I thought I'd just share that. that, that. That's an amazing story, Faz. And um, I would like to <clears throat> meet your grandfather because he's, uh, if he's still with us, sounds like an amazing person. Um, and I suppose, it again, it depends what perspective one comes from looking at the experience um, where, you know, if you're like your grandfather obviously had a lot of forgiveness in his heart and understood mm. that, you know, if he's able to forgive, then he can release it and he's not going to suffer either, right? Mm. <clears throat> he is aware that the pain is going to be there and that him holding on to this idea of vengeance and revenge is just going to make him suffer even more. And also understanding that, you know, this, unless this person who uh, was driving the car is narcissistic or uh, psychopathic, um, is going to have tremendous remorse and suffer a great deal. Um, so that that is amazing, Faz. That's absolutely amazing. And uh, I don't know if I have the uh, the courage if that happened to one of my children. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, if I would have the courage to have that level of forgiveness. So mm -hmm. I'm always amazed by people that have that strength and courage. So uh, mm -hmm. is your grandfather still with us, Faz? Oh, thank you. No, unfortunately, my, my grandfather passed away in 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this incident happened in 1996. Right, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Um. I was a teenager at the time, but um. Yeah. I remember, I, yeah, I remember everyone thinking as well, like, oh, Granda's not with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. clearly he's not thinking straight. But well, obviously, he knew, that... he knew what he was doing. He knew, he knew. My granddad was quite... Um, he was a very grateful, uh, grateful um, guy. He was very forgiving, very understanding and very, um, he used to internalize things, you know, and then come out with the, with solutions that other people would think, why, why would you like, why would you forgive so easily? Why would you accept so easily? I think, yeah, definitely served him well in his life. Well, and that's one of the challenges we have as a society, isn't it? It's this um it's the duality and the the kind of contrasts of you know someone who is able to take revenge is seen as strong while someone who's uh, able to forgive is looked at up on as weak right and the, the we have this contrast and um, yeah contrast in society that is um, to me, it's it's uh, mind-boggling. 
to be honest. Uh, I think someone who has that propensity for forgiveness is, I mean, it's the, the strength and the courage of that person is just tremendous, uh, just amazing. So uh, very grateful that you shared that story with us. And uh, I understand it's a sensitive topic, but uh, thank mm -hmm. you very much, Faz. And uh, I, I'll, I'll be happy to use uh, your grandfather's uh, courage in, uh, as an example in my, uh, in my further work, if you, if you permit me. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you hearing me out. Oh, absolutely. Always. Um, I just was chiming in with what Faz was talking about. Um, when I was growing up, um, I had a friend and um, I really liked this young lady. And uh, she was on the freeway. And I know that she drinks and smokes marijuana, which isn't a problem, but you're not supposed to drive a car when you're doing that. Um, and she got in an accident and she killed someone. Um, and she said it was her car that did it, that her car went out of control. And she, um, she said that she wasn't high or drunk. This is what she says to me, but I know this girl, you know? And she had absolutely no remorse for even if it was the car, she just was like, oh, well, it was the car. Like, it, it broke my heart that she could take another life, who, whether if it's the car's fault or her fault, whoever's fault, and just have no remorse. So I, I, I couldn't continue being her friend. Like, it just fizzled out because she was just so nonchalant about this person dying. Like, just like Foz said, the person, like, I mean, maybe she's delivered. Maybe that's a blessing that she didn't have to suffer that way. But I think she was in denial because me as a person, I don't even want to kill a bug. I don't like bugs. I still pick them up and take them out of the house. You know what I'm saying? But a whole human, like that's epic. And um, I just, um, I believe that like my whole life, because I really, I'm not going to say I do everything perfect, but I really try to do everything with love. And I really, um, as an empath, I think about how it makes someone else feel. And so at first I just didn't understand other people. Um, and it wasn't, I wasn't trying to judge. I just didn't understand why I could be so kind and, and or genuine or loving and not perceive the same. You are correct. Empaths do attract narcissists and stuff. It's unfortunate. Um, but and I'm working on that. <laughs> but uh, the thing is that uh, in the situation with this young lady, like, what do you think? How, how could she just be so nonchalant? Like, I'm almost going to cry just thinking about it. Like, it just. Well, and at some level, her, her organismic self is probably suffering terribly. So if you look at it, it's the it's the self-image or the, the person that she believes herself to be that is that nonchalant. It might be a coping mechanism, might be a defense mechanism, whatever it may be. Uh, and if we take it one step further, certainly it could be some uh, mental imbalance or uh, mental condition that she's suffering from. Uh, that she, uh, her soul is going to 
have to deal with the karmic energy of uh, this nonchalant uh, attitude or perspective, right? So it's at some level, there is going to be uh, suffering of uh, some level uh, to, uh, to uh, for whatever action we take because we, we have to be accountable. We are accountable for our choices. You know, whatever action we take, if I get in the car and drive drunk, that's a choice I make, even though my my choice or my my uh, not my choices, but my uh, judgment might be impaired. But then it was my choice to start drinking that at that time, and then to get that drunk, to then get in the car, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So one choice leads to another, right? And uh, then perhaps the shock is of having had this experience, the only way she was able to deal with it was by suppressing it completely. And oftentimes we see when, when there is uh, PTSD, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder, the experience is suppressed completely. Uh, but that will often come back in and manifest itself in other forms. So, uh, you know, if someone is able to do that, yeah, you don't necessarily want to have have them still in your life, but you can still have compassion for their experience because at some level they are suffering terribly. Um, but at the same time, we don't just because we forgive them doesn't mean we condone their behavior. And I uh, coming back to what Faz was saying. Uh, telling about uh, her grandfather, I think a lot of people would view that action or his action as condone or not condoning, but saying it's okay. But he's, he's clearly not okay with losing his daughter, um, but he's forgiving the action of the person. He's forgiving the person for this uh the the uh and accepting their journey but he's not saying it's okay for someone to do that so that that's the difference and i think a lot of people uh have a difficulty uh working within those parameters so for example you if you look at i'm not gonna pick on christians i'm christian myself at least born, <laughs> I was born Christian anyway. Um, but in the Bible, for example, in Old Testament, it says eye for an eye. In the New Testament, it says turn the other cheek. Now, which one is it? So th this is the, the, the contrast that we see in society. And this is the contrast that a lot of us gr grow up with. And I know the Bible is not the only place where, or only uh, religion or society, if you like, that has this kind of contrast. Um, so we grow up with that contrast. And of course, when someone is able to move to one extreme of it, it's going to be outside the parameters of the integrity of society. Um, so when we are, someone is have has that courage and strength to forgive at that level, uh, people turn around and question it. So is that person wrong or is is ever is the collective wrong
if you like. So something to think about. So, and I think that segues nicely into that when we are looking at other people in terms of their choice or yeah, their choices, we of course have our choices to make. And we have three choices in any given situation. And we can try to change someone else's boundaries in terms of their integrity. Uh, or we can change our perspective of their boundaries and their integrity. We can change the perspective of, of our own integrity or our own boundaries of integrity. Uh, or we can walk away and allow people to have their experience and allow ourselves to have our own experience. So those are really the only choices we have in any given situation where we come up against, you know, different integrities. Um, and I, I think we make a we make a mistake when we 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 kind of judge others for their uh, their integrity because we and also when we are static in our own integrity because then we miss the opportunity of learning from others and growing within ourselves um, and uh, growing is all about coming into alignment with your organismic self or your soul aspect or your buddha nature or your christ consciousness whichever terminology you want to use um, and it is really about coming into alignment with that and being congruent with that aspect of yourself, right? Um, so, and there are consequences for our choices. And we have to be accountable, hold ourselves accountable for those choices. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, Nicole and Faz, I'm so sorry to hear about your experiences. Um, I mean, coming from, yeah. Um, so many stories that happen here around um, around the country I live in as well. So, um, and to family members that may have experienced certain things. Um, I did want to say one thing about integrity. I feel that when we talk about integrity, I know you mentioned, you know, judgment um, may happen, the lack of it, uh, mm -hmm. when you're experiencing the lack of it with other people. But with my experience, I felt it was more like disappointment. It was so disappointed that they weren't um, delivering the same, um, you know, values I, I was delivering. And, um, and I felt that a solution to that would have been not lowering my expectations, but stating them. So what is my integrity? If I know what it is, if I know what my values are, and, you know, these are the lines that, aren't okay to cross with me or at least you know i expect those of you um the two three things that really matter i think that um i learned would have been a real time saver in many situations for me um and i think when when somebody does something wrong i feel like especially when it comes to human rights i feel at, you know the minimum 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 is at least to acknowledge that maybe the person has done something wrong you know um and maybe that will not change the situation but at least you may feel like okay you know they've acknowledged that they've wronged me or wronged my family or you know and maybe there are ways 
things could be better or they could be better or, or situ- you know, to avoid that kind of situation from happening again. Mm, but yeah, I think anything that comes close to, you know, human rights, equality, justice, all that kind of stuff, it's a tough one, you know, because not everyone seems to think, <laughs> you know, I don't know, not everyone seems to think humans, all humans deserve to live a full life actually because all humans do deserve to live a full life well and I, Dala, if I, I can keep you on the line there for a little bit as well uh first off you mentioned disappointment uh but isn't that disappointment based on judgment of others of other people's boundaries and integrity that because they are different from yours, you are disappointed because they don't measure up to your integrity. No, but I mean, disappointment could even be towards me. Oh, absolutely. But right? then, I mean, it then there is judgment ways, so... towards yourself as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is judgment, is, does judgment tie to disappointment? Mm. In order to be disappointed, you have to first have judgment. Don't you? Mm. I feel more like expectation more than judgment. Well, like, I would, like if because a you, person you has judging, failed me. Aren't you judging the... So if you have an expectation of an outcome, you're, uh, you're not in full acceptance of whatever outcome there may be. You're, you're judging all other possible outcomes apart from the one you want. You're judging Well, I definitely judge that maybe this is the best possible outcome for me. Yeah. So therefore, that's the expectation. Yeah. True. Yeah. In that sense, correct. So I, I think it's yeah. uh, always it's always good to boil things down to mm. kind of the the bare essentials and kind of take it a step further and say, okay, well, where does this come from? Because uh, always when I have an experience like an emotion or whatever, I always ask, oh, uh, I kind of state to myself, oh, interesting, I'm having this emotion come up. Where does this come from? Where is this from? And then I can uh, find out. It kind of comes down to more of the, the the raw product of what that emotion is, and the emotion that comes up might be completely different from the originating aspect of that emotion. So it's uh, mm. uh, I, I don't mean to pick on you. <laughs> it's, no, no, it's no. Just an I mean, yeah, it's thought. important. Yeah, it's, I think it's important to to yeah to sometimes step back and see. Well, where am I starting from? Or where did I start from? Yeah. What, when, who says what? uh, Well, so from what perspective do we judge each other for being wrong? That's uh, that's part of this this question I'm kind of posing out there. You know, how far away from, uh, how far away from my integrity is too far, right? So, Someone else who has a different idea of integrity, I I'm going to judge them as being wrong, right? Mm, I I don't know if people should be. I mean, I think when it comes to that, if at any point you're stripping away somebody's human rights, mm-hmm. that's an overall. I feel it's an overall given. 
I, I agree with it, Donna. No, <laughs> no, get me no wrong. but I, I mean, for it. others, I mean, that, that's, there's like, in that's the world. a red line. Uh, it well, seems like that should be a red line, but again, but societies it's in perspectives the world that are quite and happi it's happily infringe on people's uh, human rights, right? Yeah. And those societies that are supporters of that, those societies, and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think they're being, they're justifying it by some, uh, you know, context, right? So why is it that they're doing that? It's people have different drivers, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, to reach their own version of Maslow's hierarchy, <laughs> yeah. to fulfill their version well, we're, of it, we're at different stages in life aren't we we're at different stages yeah. of growth and uh, you know so if someone is at the level of survival and perhaps they're they're using you know religion to justify whatever actions they're taking um what do i need to judge them as wrong for that or you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a pretty. It's not really black and white, there, is it? Because they think they're right, and they think that we, we, be, anyone who believes in human rights are wrong because it goes against what they want, right? Yeah, I'm sure they're. Again, I think it goes back to their what dry, what is actually driving them. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's definitely. Um, basics i think anything taken to an extreme is you know you're bound to find flaws in any extremes so so you you individually as a person i do the best that i can to help humanity yeah and i think that's what matters is that each person tries to do the best that they can to help humanity yeah, in the most I, balanced way <laughs> yeah no <laughs> you no. know and i think spreading the balance is what we're looking for Right, is spreading the balance. Yeah, no, no, yeah. We, we certainly thank you for that, Dana. And uh, thank uh, you. I know the, the part of you, the world that you're in, it's uh, definitely a, a challenge doing that work that you're doing. So we appreciate that. Yeah, uh, thank you. But uh, it, it is a interesting thought process to when you, when you, in order to enact change, as far as I'm concerned anyway, um, and I'm going to come to you in a moment there, Jason. Uh, in order to be able to enact change, I need to build the bridge. And the only way I'm going to build the bridge is by having empathy for the other person's ideas. So if their idea is that human rights is not uh, right or that you know, or their their, their mm -hmm. idea of human rights is very different from mine. Then I don't need to perhaps accept. I I don't need to agree with their idea of human rights, but I have to have empathy for their idea and have compassion from compassion for where they came from, what the and understand what's the conditioning and uh, right. programming True. that they've experienced in order Absolutely. to arrive to at that conclusion of 
their idea of yeah, human rights. Absolutely. To add to that, it's it's just before I just unmute my before I mute myself. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, to add to that, I think um, it's like when when people discuss like history and politics and stuff like that. It depends. So, like what you're saying, you know, you look back and see what's happened to that person or those people. But at the same time, when you look back in history, it's where do you where did you start looking back from chronologically in history? Mm-hmm. So if you look at just, okay, 75 years ago, this happened. Well, okay, let's talk 100 years ago. Let's talk 1,000 years ago. So if you go back in time, who was right and wrong, you know, is so different. Every time you move back a bit in history, you see, oh, no, that person wronged me. Oh, no, no, those, you know, those people wrong, you know? Yeah. So it's the slice that you're looking at at that time. So it's just as long as, like you said, both sides are open to going back as far as possible to see the truth, then that's when we can find enlightenment and a bridge. Yeah. Uh, you know? And being okay with that we we see things differently because yeah. then the more we work together, the more the stronger that bridge is going to be. And when yeah. that bridge is strong enough, mm. then your you as a human being is going to matter to me more than my right. ideas. Yes, because then that way you're building something forward together. Yeah, exactly. It's more balanced. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so, for that. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, uh, engaging in the, uh, in, the, in the discussion there, Diana. Sure. <laughs> sure. Allow, allowing me to challenge you a bit. Yeah, thanks. I guess I'll join in the discussion. And like I said, I'm new, so I may not be right to the to the right format or, or whatever you guys have going on here, but it's, it's real. Free forum, I try so, uh... to take things down to the simplest uh, way that I look at things. And when I, a friend of mine said, I'll share with you what a friend of mine has told me about this whole thing of integrity. Integrity, he said, is different than honesty. He said, integrity is honesty is if you walk up to someone and you say, hey, you know what? I slept with your spouse. (laughs) Integrity is not sleeping with them in the first place. Absolutely. And I I like this definition because the way I look at it is integrity is the way that we live and what we do and how we act and how we live. Mm -hmm. And so when when I look at this, I try to ask myself this one question. Before I act, if I'm going to act in integrity, I ask myself, where is the love in that? Because if I really look at things, love is at the heart of all the spiritual principles combined. And my job is to take these principles and incorporate them in my life and try to live by these principles. Now, I heard a lot today about judgment and judging others. And I try to live on, you know, because the what I try to do is try to do the right thing for the right reason. Sorry, Jason, could you, Jason, can you speak a little bit closer to the microphone? Is that any better? Yeah, that's good. What what I do is I try to do the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. See, so what that means is that means that my motives are important. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I do volunteer work with the prisons and people talk about, Uh, A lot of uh, people were talking about murder and stuff like this. Well, I'm in the prisons a lot because I do volunteer work in the prisons. And, you know, the person that 
killed that person years ago might not be the same person that they are today because we do grow and we do change and mm -hmm. people evolve. So when I look at this whole thing of judgment, I try to live on an uh, uh, autonomy and allow a person to be their own individual and allow a person to be who they are and not try to put my uh, views and my judgments upon them, mm -hmm. except when they do it, if it harms others. See, there's kind of a line there. You, you, you let a person be who they are. You're, I, I need to be tolerant of other people too. That's another principle I need to practice is tolerance. I need mm -hmm. to practice autonomy. I've heard forgiveness. I've heard love. I've heard patience. But we need to practice these things when dealing with others. And the hardest thing for me to do is to be non-judgmental. Because when I'm judgmental, I need to think about where is the love in that? See, because I'm a big believer that no two spiritual principles are in conflict with each other. They move congruently and smoothly throughout everything. So if I look at this whole thing, integrity, and I look at integrity as a whole, then it's not necessarily what others are doing for integrity. It's what I'm doing and how I'm living. And integrity is not how I think, it's how I act. Because I can have some crazy thoughts that go through my head, but it's not my thoughts that are important. It's my actions that are important because it's not my thoughts that really make me who I am as much as who my actions that make me who, who I am. So uh, there's some thoughts that I, that I choose to entertain and grow on, and there's other thoughts that just need to be dismissed right away. So that said, when I look at integrity, I look at that as a spiritual principle, as one of many spiritual principles, and something that I need to practice because I don't do this perfectly. I don't live right all the time. I, I don't live by, by, by uh, things that I have planned to. I make mistakes. I'm a human being. But what I found is that just like any sport or anything else, that when we practice things, we can get better at them. So I'm a lot better than what I used to be, and I hope to be better tomorrow. Um, Tom Brady didn't start throwing touchdowns when he got out of bed in the morning. He practiced and got better. And we still still makes mistakes, but pretty good at what he does. Same thing with Tiger Woods or any or anybody like that. Mm. So uh, I just want to practice with some principles and try to think one thing. And I try to put that first. Where's the love in that? And if I look at my motives and I try to do the right thing for the right reasons, then I believe I'm living in integrity. Okay, that's pretty much it. That's my spin on it. Well, Jason, you've uh, just kind of said it all so uh, uh, we can conclude on that <laughs> well done jason uh, i really like that uh, you know where is the love in that that is a beautiful barometer so when you are if you take uh Fass's grandfather when he if he went into judgment of this person who uh, was driving the car perhaps he asked himself that where is the love in that and he couldn't find any love in that in judging that person or having holding vengeance or a grudge against that person. So therefore he was compelled to uh, let it go and release it. So I really like that, that barometer and that, uh, that question that really, um, uh, that's something I'll, I'll be using. So I appreciate that, Jason. Thank you. First of all, everybody today, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing, Foz and Jason. I love your perspectives. I would like to ask Jason a question. Um, this is not what I originally got on here. I want to say something as well. But Jason, um, 
as I'm an empath and I really want to work with people, how do you protect your energy in the jail? Um, how do you protect yourself from your vibration staying high when you have so many others around you? That's important for me to ask. Um, but I wanted to say this statement first. So Jason, maybe you could be thinking about that. Um, in terms of, um, as I've been on this journey and I, uh, I confronted my shadow, um, I saw how uh, not every circumstance, but even like getting sexually taken advantage of actually was a blessing in the long run. Like it allowed me to see things in a different way. And um, I've been through a process of accepting my shadow, being grateful for the experiences and then having to now forgive the other people through these experiences, because even though we see that in the long run, it made us a better person. It doesn't mean that that hurt just disappeared, you know? And so that's a process that I'm going through right now is, um, and still there's certain aspects of my shadow where I don't particularly understand why those things happen with me, but, um, I feel like Chris, Mr. Christopher, Every week of exactly what is my life going through, your topic is um, helping me through my journey. And um, I'm just so grateful. You're so intuitive with the universe. You're so tuned in to what we need at the time. And um, I love this how intimate it is because you're really giving us a real opportunity. It's not we're just getting spoken to. You're not just trying to tell us how smart you are. You know, you like, you're including us, so we're actually getting breakthroughs and um, coming together. And um, I just, I'm grateful for that. And um, yes, please, Jason, I would like to hear your perspective on um, protecting your energy. And um, also, Mr. Christopher, in terms of like, uh, if you're going into wanting to help others and you're in a state of healing yourself, are we prepared to do that? How, what level do we need to go into? Of, uh, knowing when to do something, when not, uh, you know, they say like uh, the company you keep is directly a reflection of your, uh, where you're going in life. And you can't always be the, the one on the top because how do you go higher? You uh -huh. know, so there's a balance between me wanting to help people, but also wanting to protect my vibration. And, and so I just want to understand like, how is to balance that out, please? No, I'll uh, answer that uh, after Jason answers your first question about, uh, uh, protecting your energy when you go into environments such as uh, the prison environment? Look, I go into the prison and it's, it has nothing to do with protecting my energy. I go in there to get a message. I go in there in a spirit of love. And what I get when I go into the prison is I get more love from those guys than I ever bring. They love to have me there. They're human beings too. They're growing. And look, when they go to a program in a prison, they want to change and they want to grow. So they're, they're in there for, for a reason and that's to grow. As far as being safe and stuff like that, listen, I'm from Central Valley, California, right outside of Fresno. I'm safer in that prison than in some of the streets of Fresno. <laughs> you know, I'm protected there. It's safe. I'm not vulnerable. I don't have to worry about my energy. When you give to others, this is my belief. When you give to others, when you're there with others, when you're sharing and caring and loving and, and giving these type of things. And when I come in open instead of guarded, it's not about 
protecting my energy. It's about growing my energy and expanding my energy. I come out of there empowered when I go into the prison and do volunteer work. Helping others is never about guarding myself. Helping others is always about what I can do for others. And if I focus on helping others instead of focus on myself and selfish natures, then I act in love. And when I act in love, I feel better, I live better, and I heal from the inside out. Anyway, that's pretty much what I got on that. And Jason, this. Thank you. I appreciate your perspective. Um, I just want to say one quick thing. Um, it's not that I want to not be around other people. It's just that I found out in a very unusual way that it was draining me and it was hurting me. So it's not, I want to continue to help. I just want to make sure I do it in a way that is serving me as well. And also I do feel uplifted when helping and I love your perspective that they want to make that change. So thank you for that. Yeah, Jason, I think your, your perspective there is beautiful. And it's what I often talk about when I get these, uh, th that question is uh, when you have when you have your boundaries, and I'm not talking about boundaries in like, you know, you, you cross my boundaries and uh, there'll be hell to pay, but your boundaries that allows you to know exactly who you are. And once you are at that stage, uh, and it's essentially you've, you've come on a, come on the journey of healing yourself, um, and you're able to kind of step into that uh, energy of love and just holding that space that, the, and it, I've talked about this before as well, that it's not so much about protection as just knowing who you are, because when you know who you are, then you can, and you are in full acceptance of that, and you can accept everything around you, then you don't need to protect yourself. You don't, uh, we've talked about this in terms of, uh, you know, having energy bubbles or whatever it may be around you to protect yourself. I've never done that. Well, I used to do it, but then I, I figured it was a uh, fallacy for me anyway. Um, so it's being able to, and that, that I think also is in terms of the integrity, being able to have, when you are in full knowing of yourself, then your integrity is natural as well. The integrity is part of you. It's part of the expression of you, right? So when you are in those environments where, you know, if you go into a hospital, there's a lot of different energies there too. We, like I was explaining yesterday, you go to a music festival, there's a lot of energy there as well. But what, if you are in full acceptance and knowing of yourself and you can step into that love for yourself and others, then your boundaries and your integrity is a natural part of you. So you don't need to question it. It becomes part of your expression, right? Would you uh, agree with that, Jason? I was trying to undermute. Yes, I do. Uh, it's I, I. I just see that that uh, God protects me, and as long as I'm acting in God's will, I'm protected. I'm right. safe as long as I'm doing what God wants me to do. Right. 
Yeah, as long as I'm trying to act in love and do the right thing for the right reasons, then I don't have to live in fear. If I live in fear, then where's my faith? My wife says that if you're going to live in fear, then why pray? And if you pray, then why are you living in fear? So I yeah. love that. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. And of course, uh, whatever the aspect of your higher power might be, it might be yourself, it might be God, it might be something else. Uh, it, it's all applicable, right? And uh, so, Nicole. That's just the name we use. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to specify that people can uh, use whatever terminology they want. So <laughs> we, we make it all inclusive. Um, so, Nicole, what was the, uh, the part of the question you had for me? I kind of think you answered it when you were speaking with, uh, when you answered in response to Jason, I believe maybe uh, about the protection. But um, so sometimes I, I might want to make a new friend. But then my spirit guides tell me not this one of their energy. You know, I guess a friend is different from someone you're helping, though. Um, well, no, I mean, I think at some level we we all show up to help each other because everybody in this group here today or, you know, my children or people I meet on the street, uh, however fleeting the encounter might be they're there to help me reflect on myself and reflect on me as a human being uh, having a human experience um, so and it might be that i say for example i go into a store and uh, there is a cashier that, and i just tell the cashier that she he or she is doing a brilliant job now, that might be the thing they needed to hear that particular day. That might be tremendously healing for them to hear that, right? And that then becomes, from my perspective, it's just sharing that I think they're doing a brilliant job. But to them, it means the world to them. So it's, we we, we kind of... Uh, judge our own uh, we we see things from our own perspective and that's what i'm trying to uh, more part of why i wanted to kind of go into with integrity is that we that we see things from all different perspectives when it comes to integrity it's not only my integrity that's important it's everybody else's as well because they think they are right and i think i'm right so is there really someone who is right or wrong, right? Um, I was just wondering if maybe during this healing journey that I'm going on right now, um, there's certain aspects that spirit doesn't want me to spend as much time with as I'm becoming into the balancing of understanding these light working gifts. You know, because um, last week I gave out a lot of made me feel wonderful and I didn't feel any type of um it actually I was supported by the universe for I feel interaction uh, on a long-term basis if there and it's not going in, in the same direction for upliftment of society um yes sometimes I do feel I feel depleted boss thank you for asking but not with not 
not when I'm really genuinely helping somebody. Uh, is it, what is, okay, and I do agree with you, just a small compliment can change a person's life. It really can. Um, what do you think if you really put your energy into helping another soul? Because uh, you can see like, oh, I can see what I was like that when I was 20 or something. And then you see that they are going, just continuing in the same way. Do we continue to pour into that person knowing that they're not interested in, well, maybe their spirits are interested because we've missed what's planting a seed, but it takes time for their human part to catch up with what their spirit is longing for, you know? Well, I so. think we, we all come to points in our lives when we're ready to hear whatever we're supposed to hear in order to heal. Uh, and that's, you know, when, when we're talking about integrity, you know, for someone to change their view of their own integrity, they have to be ready to hear the message that is necessary for them to change their perspective on their own integrity. Because integrity is so important to us human beings that to change aspects of that can be really challenging. So the, the conditions have to be absolutely right for that person to resonate with uh, anything that is going to change change that, their perspective of their own integrity. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, and Jason really put it beautifully, once you come down to the bare essentials of the organismic self, which is, in my perspective, is love. And if you, when you are in full acceptance of you as pure love, then you can per perceive yourself as that, then you don't need to define the parameters of your, uh, of your uh, integrity any longer. You don't need to define the parameters of your boundaries any longer because it's all the same. It's all love, right? So, and it's until we get to that stage that we will continue to be challenged by these different uh, questions, right? And it's uh, when we, the more we work towards that, the more we grow and, you know, there's pain along the way because we are going to have to rip ourselves out of uh, these old conditionings or programmings or what have you that form our boundaries and our integrity. Hi, yeah. Um, regarding the the energies, I I know like there's two different sides, two different coin sides to this coin. Um, for me, I found like like Nicole, you know, like sometimes when I've given out too much of my energy to others and forgotten about myself in the process, I've come to a point of like tipping point in terms of like the balance. The balance isn't there anymore. And I found then started, I've personally started then feeling depleted in terms of the love tank. It's like a tank, tank full of love and like banging into it, you know, with self love and self care. And also having then from that love tank that I tend to like then when I feel enough 
I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but when I have enough in my love tank, I'm able to then pour into others. And that's something, that's just my personal experience that I've had because a lot of, uh, a lot of my life I have had lots of people come to me like I've been some kind of therapist, you know? Um, people come to me, any problem, go to Faz, any problem, go to Faz, you know? And Faz has always been able to just kind of like, oh, there you go, you know? And then they've gone off and done their thing. Um, but then Faz just forgot about herself and got to the point two years ago where I was totally depleted and that was it. That was the end of it. Uh, and I've had to work myself up again. Um, but yeah, that that is something that I've recently realized that there are times where I'm like totally pouring into other people forgetting about me and myself and then I, my energy is so low I'm in the minus and it's like whoa I, I need to work myself up again now and that's the point where I'm like right self-care self-love give myself my time you know it's all about fast now so then I started thinking wait a minute rather than getting to the minus point why don't I just like um kind of have some kind of a balance of give and take you know so I am okay to receive. I am okay to be the receiver and have people pour into my tank too. I mean, I'm not expecting it, but when they do, I'm grateful and thankful for it. And I'm putting it in my love tank. So when that love tank is going up, then I am able to then <laughs> kind of give out, you know, without any expectations. Um, but yeah, this is just from my perspective and I don't know if it's got anything to do with having emo extra emotions or anything like that but you know just um yeah well first I, first I agree that it's what oh, what's your perspective rather uh, in order to be able to receive that as well you need to have a perspective of yourself as being worthy of it which means that you in order to receive it you have to view yourself with the same love that you view everybody else so it's not necessarily a love container that is uh, growing or, or sinking as it were it's more mm -hmm. your uh, your perspective of yourself as being worthy of receiving love is improving <laughs> that's why is that like my shadow um uh yeah Definitely. I mean, um, yeah, I, I've not been a good receiver. You know? No, I, I'm terrible at it. And it's, it's, well, it's something I'm, I'm working on. And to me, I, I've just, it's kind of come to me that, or it's, I suppose, known, but I'm starting to experience it that the more I view myself from the perspective of I love myself, mm -hmm. then I'm also able to uh receive it from others mm, yeah because then technically it's like i i know this is a childhood trauma of abandonment etc i know i'm aware of that you know i'm working on that in terms of you know receiving um but yeah it's in a sense basically it goes down to that really where am i worthy of receiving am i just meant to be just give a give a give a um but yeah um in terms of receiving it is okay to receive it's safe to receive it's okay you know yeah um and i think even like when it comes to financially the whole idea of the circulation of the money receive and you know give and receive give and receive it's it's a circle isn't it um so yeah i thought i just mentioned that
I appreciate that, Fabs. And it's, I think it is so important that when we feel safe and secure within ourselves and we are in harmony with ourselves, then our idea of integrity is also quite, it's, it's becomes apparent to us. Um, so that when we are, uh, you know, we follow our intuition and our guidance and we, we are able to view ourselves as worthy, then we can, we also have the perspective of others that they are worthy. And then we can connect on that deeper level, right? Uh, so it's in terms of integrity, it's it's allow once we are in acceptance with ourselves and everybody else, we are in greater connection with our own integrity. And then we can express that integrity. We feel safe to express that integrity. Because I, I think one of the big challenges for people that are not acting with integrity, what irrespective of what that integrity is or how they we define that on an individual basis uh, is when we are and we don't feel secure expressing it we don't feel safe expressing it so we we kind of take these uh, as the quote in the beginning that we will cut our conscience to fit the the fashion of the day right um so if we then move into, we become uh, accepting of ourselves and then can move into a state of loving ourselves, then our integrity is going to be an expression from that perspective. So, uh, so now, what? yeah, sorry, go ahead, Faz. Yeah, just a quick one, what you just said there, um... Does that then lead into boundaries and boundary setting? I think boundaries on integrity are not necessarily mutually exclusive. I think they might very well be intertwined. A lot of these things are bleeding into each other. As it were. Um, so if, you, if I ask, return the question to you, Faz, what, what would you see as the difference between boundaries and integrity? Hmm. Okay. Sorry, I've not had a chance to think about this. You put me on the hot spot. <laughs> Absolutely. Boundary setting. Um, I'm gonna have to think on this one, Chris. All right. I'm sorry, That's I don't no have problem. an answer right now. <laughs> well, I think so. When you're talking about boundaries, it's it's what can I accept, uh, or what what do I receive, and what do I give, and what do I uh, what is within my acceptance? So when I when I make those choices, whether I'm changing something external to me, or I'm changing my perspective, or I'm walking away, uh, that is then in relation to my my uh, boundaries. But that would also be in a, a relation to my integrity. So it's integrity, I suppose, has more to do with kind of the external, uh, how we view the external as those boundaries are more related to how we view, uh, view ourselves. Uh, 
but they are all they are balances with each other they they do kind of play off of each other i think um so here's an interesting one and i'd like to throw this out as a thought challenge and a thought process when our intuition and guidance goes against so we are guided to do something that goes against our idea of uh, integrity uh, of our own integrity is that a challenge to shift our integrity in a different direction or is that uh, something to is it because there is a greater good involved um where do we go with that jason go ahead i i think it's back to the other question that i mentioned before is i asked myself where is the love in that and and then whatever seems to be the the thing that's based in love seems to be the right direction to go because sometimes i can be misled we have a bumper sticker at our house that says, don't believe everything you think. Absolutely. And yeah, the mind will mislead us oftentimes. So that's why. Uh, so do you think that whenever the intuition and guidance comes in, it's in alignment with our, with our uh, integrity and the, it's when it's out of alignment with our integrity that it's our thought process that it's messing with us. Well, I I believe that if if it's if uh, if it's not based in love, then it's probably not the right thing to do. I mean, I got to look at my motives, and yeah. is it the right thing to do for the right reasons? And and if it's the right thing to do for the right reason, then I need to do it. And if it's not the right thing to do for the right reason then I just don't do it because motives are important. Yeah, absolutely. Motives mean everything. Yeah, you've got to question your motives and uh, or you don't so, have to, so but it's, <laughs> it's a good idea. Yes, because sometimes my inner nature is, is selfish, dishonest, and unpure. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the first thought might be wrong. Yeah. It, it might be based off a of selfish nature. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, if I really want to be centered, then what is the right thing to do? It's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll give you one an example. I'll give you a great example. An example was I, an example was I can be looking and saying, man, these are some nice, these are some nice rims for my car. I'd love to be able to get the rims for my car. But then I look at the other thing, I look at the greater hole and I think, you know what, even though I'd like to get those rims for my car and they'd look nice on my car, the family really could use this around the house. And we could use, you know, something done with the, you know, at the house instead with the same funds. And uh, I want to look at what's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do would be in that case to uh, put my selfish needs aside and take care of the family. Because when I good, when I do what's good for the group, then I do what's good for the individual. Yeah, uh, no, I think, I suppose that's, to me anyway, that, that's, uh, that would be uh an obvious choice in terms of um, what's the right thing to do, because if you that would be a materialistic thing to do. But um, you could take. Uh, let me ask you this, Jason. If uh, if you feel compelled to go to 
to a war zone to help with humanitarian aid and put your life at risk in that perspective. Uh, so you're leaving your family uh, to do this work. Obviously, either choice is going to be based on love, right? Staying or going away. So what are we doing then, Jason? Sometimes, well, and this is just me and this is just my personal belief. God has me right where he wants me to be at the right time. And I'm here for a reason. And I don't want to, uh, like for me right now, if that happened, I would stay here because I need to take care of my family. I need to be here for my wife, my kids, my father-in-law, who's 94, who lives with us. Mm -hmm. And then plus I, have, plus I have other commitments and things that I do, volunteer work that I do and things like that. I have my business that I have here. I have everything here. So I can do the most good being right where I'm at and right where God has me. So your thinking is that if, uh, so uh, with using your terminology, if God then cleared away all those obstacles, then you would know it would be the right thing to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I spoke at an event uh, a, a few months ago and, and I had to leave my family to go to the event and I traveled by myself. And, you know, it would have been nice to have my family there and it would have been nice to to go with my family, but that was available and I was able to do that. And because that, that was, uh, I was still able to do that and function and be the person that I'm supposed to be here. And it's not like I was leaving them for forever, but I had to leave for a moment. And if I had to go somewhere to do something that was important to do and I had to do it, but then I knew that I was going to be there for, for those in my life that I'm here for, then, um, then that's what I do. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate uh, your perspective. There. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, and as you say, yeah, no, and it is, it is always easier when we boil things down to the simpler construct of them, and we we come from one perspective that is all encompassing. So. Uh, as Jason describes it, coming from the perspective of love, right? Um, so it is, it doesn't, it's not about being lazy. It's about not overcomplicating things. You know, if we, we try to analyze everything outside of ourselves and it's far too complex, our brains doesn't have the power for it. And when we go down to, into our heart space, the external doesn't doesn't matter. It's how you feel and what how you feel guided that is going to be paramount and be uh, uh, the, the the compass that you're looking for. So you, your integrity doesn't exist in your head. Your integrity exists in your heart space, and that's where the the compass comes in. To show where is what is the direction for you, and then of course, oftentimes we find ourselves back up in our head and we start analyzing everything to the nth degree, and uh, we have to observe ourselves being in the uh, in the uh, stuck in the head and move back down into the heart space and experience ourselves from that perspective. I don't necessarily think that integrity lives in the heart or the head, but integrity lives in my actions. 
and how I live. So yeah, I it's to okay. That in there too. It's ex- uh, let, let me put it like this: it's expressed from the heart it's, space. There you go. There I I got that. Yes, but it's it's really <laughs> if I'm going to live the right life, it's it's not what I think. It's how I act off of that thought and how I live. Yeah. But it's, do you act from your head or do you act out from your heart space? That, I think that's where the integrity comes in. You, you express it out from your heart, you express it from being stuck in your head, right? Hopefully I get guidance from a higher power because sometimes I'm confused what's my heart and what's my head. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we all do. Um, and that that's where uh, um, uh, the... Uh, God, I'm forgetting my words here, but uh, uh, discernment comes in. Uh, and just feeling with every fiber of your body that this is something I resonate with. And uh, then you know that, that is the right direction, right? So we're looking at, so we we talked to, I think uh, Dana, who was on, on the call here before, was talking about, you know, we go back a hundred years, we go back a thousand years and kind of understand where people's or societies and religions uh, integrity come or boundary or framework of integrity comes from. So when we are looking, looking at the collective consciousness, we have to understand it from a fractal point of view because we we are in this group and we might all agree with each other that certain boundaries of inter- or uh, frameworks of integrity, but there are going to be individual topics that we are going to disagree with each other. There are other topics that we strongly agree with each other. Uh, and But you then pull it out each of us here come from different countries. So here in the UK, something that's accepted here might not be acceptable in the Amer- in the, the United States, for example. Uh, so we are looking at uh, the collective consciousness as humanity, but also as uh, the different fractals of uh, different uh, communities and groups and different collectives that we move in and out of. Uh, and how are we evolving as a humanity in terms of our integrity? Because that is shifting as well. Even if we look at all the violence and uh, divisions and so forth that exists in the world today, the world has never been as peaceful as it is today. So someone that grew up or someone who was in their 20s, 30s uh, in 1942 the world to them is going to have looked very much more violent than it does today. So how far have we not come in the last thousand years in terms of our perspective of human rights and uh, the the value of our fellow humans? Uh, We're removing the layers of society, you know, in terms of, well, this person is worth more than this person and so forth. So integrity as a collective consciousness is changing as well. And I think before we actually started recording today, we're talking about kind of how uh, more and more people are 
starting to reflect on themselves and become more aware of their own journey and so forth. Um, and that we are kind of growing as a collective consciousness as well as we grow on an individual basis. And it's almost like it's accelerating. So, but there are also going to be reactions to that. So when we have these, everything that goes on in society, we can look at it with spite or we can look at it with disgust or that something that we don't agree with. But that's not going to really help us. Rather to look at it from a perspective of acceptance and understanding that, you know, at the end of the day, humanity is going to evolve in the uh, and progress in the tempo and the speed that it decides to do that. So as a collective, it's again, if we try to look at the at each individual piece of the collective, it gets far too complex. So we have to, well, we don't have to, but I choose to accept the journey of humanity and the speed of which we decide to grow and evolve and the events that cause us to awaken to ourselves. I choose to accept that as part of the experience and to challenge myself to come from a perspective of love, compassion, acceptance, and forgiveness. And when I come up against situations where I'm falling short of being able to do that, that I at least can look at myself and say, okay, I did the best I could at that point. What is it that I can learn from it? What... What, how can I use this to grow and uh, become more of an optimal version of myself? Because it is when we, when we show up in strong integrity and strong boundaries, uh, you know, being accepting and loving that and show up with strong energy as a role model that people around us will change just by being in our presence. So I, I think whatever your idea of integrity is, like Jason was saying, you know, if, if you come from a perspective of looking at whether it's you're doing it uh, from a perspective of love or not, that's a good barometer if you choose that to be your barometer. But look, always... Try to always question your own motives and see where, okay, if I'm moving, if I'm this uh, idea of integrity I have, where does it come from? Is this something that comes from deep within me? Or is it that someone has told me that this is my integrity? And once we can siphon off or we can release all that which doesn't truly belong to us it's something that has been told to us but we can move into that 
uh, in alignment with our organismic self or authentic selves or a soul or whatever it may we want to call it when we can do that then we will move into whatever is true to us and again that is going to be different today tomorrow and day after that as long as we continue to challenge ourselves then we will move in the direction that is going to be optimal for ourselves i love this conversation i love the energy i love all that i've learned today and i hope everybody's uh, brought or uh, taken something uh, valuable away from today and uh, some great uh, challenges for our thought process and uh, a lot of good questions to ask ourselves and uh, thank you for joining us and thank you for showing up and your beautiful energy as always all right thank you everybody and have a wonderful day and rest of the week i hope that was a good workout for your wisdom nodes as it was for mine it was uh, great to hear everybody's input and uh, work through uh, these kind of perceptions that we do have and you will have heard me say that you know approaching life with uh, childlike curiosity and it kind of dawned on me that sometimes when we are trying to question ourselves or ask ourselves the questions we almost have to go back to being kids when we, we just ask why for every statement that comes back why so we just keep questioning our own perspective of uh, our own perception to be able to get to the very, very core of it. So just continue to question the answers that come up to really get to the core of it. I wish you all the best in your pursuit of uh, figuring out what integrity means to you. Uh, if we can be of assistance, then please contact us via, uh, via our website, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and click on the 30-minute uh, free consultation button and uh, let's see if we can help you out. For now, we'll uh, call it a day and uh, we'll see you next uh, time we release another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast, which should be in uh, two weeks. Enjoy and take care in the meantime. Bye for now.